What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Sorry to Interrupt podcast. It's the NBA preview time. NBA is right around the corner. This is our Eastern Conference podcast recorded on a Sunday night, but we will be releasing this on Thursday. So happy Thursday. Sean and I broke down the entire Eastern Conference, did a division by division ranking teams five to one. Then we went through our one to eight seeds, and then we ranked our eventual Eastern Conference champion. So follow us on Twitter at Sorry Sports. Follow us on Instagram, Sorry underscore Sports. Email us at Sorry Sports at Yahoo. And always check out the website. We'll be putting new content up there, SorrySports.com. And tomorrow we'll be releasing the Western Conference part of the preview. We will also be doing the uh, individual awards as well as our eventual NBA champion. So enjoy this one. All right, guys, it's that time. We've been teasing it. It is the Sorry to Interrupt NBA preview. We are a week and a half away from the start of the regular season, a regular season that has plenty of storylines. The NBA is just like the NFL, where it seems like the offseason is just as exciting as the regular season. Tom, let's get into it, my man. How are we? What's going on, man? How are you? We just finished up recording our Monday Rundown Pod. This is Sunday. The reason why we're prefacing it by saying that is if there is any Jimmy Butler movement, who knows what's going to happen between now and when we release these on Thursday and Friday. Doesn't it feel like we've been on call? Like we're just waiting for this to happen so we could do like an emergency pod and it's still to this point has not occurred. No, it has not. And a lot of things have fallen through. Supposedly the deal with Miami fell through, which I predicted he was going to go to Miami. Doesn't that mean can, that's over, though. No, they're asking for a lot, rightfully so, but it seems like you know they're kind of caught between a rock and a hard place. Like, what are you doing? Like, you want to move the guy? You're not going to get a crazy package for an ex- for a guy who's a free agent in the who summer. Who can walk and go to probably a big market, but um, we're going to jump in. I just wanted to say that just don't shoot the messenger. Don't don't kill us if we have to readjust our rankings, which we will either talk about or send out via Twitter if something huge happens between now Listen, I'm and sure the start of the season. That when we're doing our predictions, we're gonna preface a lot of our rankings and a lot of our possible postseason matchups with an asterisk if Jimmy Butler invo- is involved in exactly. any of these teams. But anyway, man, I've been excited about this. I know you have been as well. Um, everybody listening, enjoy it. So we're going to go Jump into right, in. right now. Eastern Conference. Eastern Conference time. Let's start with the Atlantic Division. And yeah, just to let you know, guys, we are going divisions. I know divisions in the NBA is not Don't how matter. it is. is but it, it's, it makes the podcast flow makes better. makes the podcast flow. And honestly, too, is you guys are going to get a really good Tom right now has his notebook, uh, two and a half hours worth of note-taking coming over every roster to date. So you guys are in for a treat because you're getting the lowdown on every single team, which is how could you expect anything less from us, Listen, right? I, I think we all know that on this podcast, you and I are probably about dead even when it comes to NFL football you're a little bit better than me at baseball with certain things a lot better than me at college football but when it comes to college basketball and the NBA I got you there not by much but let's lock, let's okay, lock it okay. in college basketball come on don't which demean we will me be doing, I, I gave you the credit when it came to college football which I'm not that into and I gave you the credit when it comes to giving me a random stat about Paul O'Neill in the 1998 season I and mean, our NFL picks this me. week 
That's true. We will talk about that on Wednesday. But let's jump right in. We will be doing a college basketball preview probably on the tail end of one of our podcasts coming up soon. Training camp did start for college basketball as well. But that's neither here nor there. This is about the professional basketball league in America. Someone called the National Basketball Association. Absolutely. All right. So jumping right in, we have the Atlantic Division. We will go number five to number one in each division. So let's lead it off. I'll give you my five picks. I think you and I are going to be in, in agreement as we were in the NFL for a lot of these picks just because – the teams seem to be the same every year. There's a lot of turnover this year, a lot more than other years, but the top teams seem to remain the same for a few years. Yeah, I mean, NBA. we know how top-heavy the NBA is. I mean, we're yeah. not making any crazy predictions, but when we are going th- five through one, you know, we might disagree here or there on certain yeah. technicalities of that. All right, so leading it off with the Atlantic Division, the fifth and the last team in the Atlantic Division, I have the New York Knickerbockers. They have a new head coach in David Fizdale. They have a couple new toys in Mitchell Robinson, Rolando or whatever, Trier, and, of course, Kevin Knox. They have Frankie Nilakina, second year, supposedly put on a lot of weight, might be running a little bit more point this year. What I want to see from the Knicks, you're not going to see a lot of wins, I don't think. Chris Stapps is probably not going to come back until Christmas, maybe even after. I think that they should take their time with him. He's a seven foot three guy. Not a lot of guys that are seven foot three with that kind of wingspan, lanky like that, have had this kind of injury, especially as young as he's he is. He's had other injuries before, including a foot. So I think this team, what I want to see from this team, being that I have them finishing fifth as one of the worst teams in the NBA, is just a lot of development. I really like the Knox pick. They're calling him Baby Tatum. He looks a lot like Tatum. A guy who can work inside and outside, handle the ball and shoot it, work on and off the ball. I want to see him make a lot of plays this year. I want to see Nilakina take a step forward in his aggressiveness. I want the defense to stay the same. He's still he's already one of the best perimeter defenders in the league. Um, and I, I really like this guy, Trier and Robinson, man. They stole Trier. They got him on a two-way contract. I think he's going to be up there all this year. He's been filling it up this preseason. He had like 25 points a couple nights ago. That guy is a pure scorer. And Mitchell Robinson's got a big-time chip on his shoulder. That guy can be a Clint Capella-esque type player, in my opinion. How do you feel about the Knicks? Yeah, I mean, I'm obviously in agreement with you. I, I think that the Knicks are the worst team in this division, one of the worst teams in the NBA. But they have some exciting pieces We've kind of teased this at various points in the summer discussing NBA notes, and and to get more in-depth here, I, I echo your sentiments. The New York Knicks have been a dysfunctional franchise for the better part of 25 years. They've got one of the worst owners in professional sports. They seem to have a rotation. They seem to, well, you know, Dan Snyder might have something to say about that, but, you know, they have a rotation in head coaching. They're always caught in between rebuilding and going for a win. And I think that David Fisdale was the best option they could have had because he was not the splashy pick of the big name. It wasn't Mark Jackson, the former Nick icon as a player. They went with a guy who's very well respected across the NBA. Now, we know in today's NBA, there's a very close circle with the players. They know what's going on in these organizations. They know... Where do people want to go? What are the teams on the up and coming? What are teams that have a lot of cap space? Where are the destinations that you might want to be with head coaching, with good young players, with a, with a stable front office and ownership? The Knicks are never going to have the stable ownership, but if you have a good GM, which it seems like they finally do now, 
and they're bringing in a head coach who has gotten accolade and praise from his days as the Miami Heat lead assistant. LeBron James loves him. Everybody in the NBA knows he got kind of a raw deal in Memphis. That team was not equipped to win a lot of games. They were in, He had a disagreement a kind of in style of play with Marcus Gasol, who was their franchise player. And he was right Conley. on that one And he well. was right. And, 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 you know, obviously he kind of had to be – kind of the sacrificial lamb when it came to that situation. The Grizzlies were not going to prioritize a coach over their franchise player in Marcus All. Either way, good landing spot for him with the Knicks. What I want to see from the Knicks is this. Christos Porzingis doesn't need to come back too soon, but I think he needs to play at some point this year. Especially with, with... well, there have been reports that you know they should just try to tank and lose as many games as they can, which I never think going into a season you should try to tank. But as the season progresses, you've got to know, you know, just smart basketball business. Realize that games in April, like over the last few years, don't you don't want to win those games. But they do. But, yeah, so, you know, Porzingis needs to come back because if these Kevin Durant rumors are true, or any other kind of rumor that has been speculated over the last, you know, couple months to year about free agents possibly wanting to go to the Knicks. They got to see that Christos Porzingis can be healthy and play at a high level again. If he can come back sometime around the All-Star break, I think that's ideal because that's about a year to the day of his injury. A 12-month timetable for a for an ACL especially for a big guy like that who, as you mentioned, those kind of injuries don't happen to those guys all that often, especially to a player of his, how versatile he is. Um, I think that's a big deal for them. Mitchell Robinson, really nice pick. I, I re- think it's I, nice that he's going to be able to get a lot of playing time early in his career without Chris Porzingis there as Agreed, well. and, and he's going to be mentored by Enos Cantor, who I think you know Nick fans might have wanted to see be dealt. But I think he has some value on that team two ways. One, I think if he plays well, he buys you a trade chip come the, come the trade deadline. Him, I think also Hardaway and Courtney Lee all should be traded on this team. Agreed. But in the meantime, I think he's good to toughen up a guy like Mitchell Robinson, keep his head on straight. There's been a lot of questions about his character and a lot of his issues off the court. You know, have a guy like Enos Cantor mentoring him, I think is going to be a big thing. Kevin Knox. Big time pick in the draft. It seems like he was almost like the Knicks version of Sam Darnold. You know, like consensus, best player available on the board, mostly because he was the safest pick. You know, you're not taking the risk of a Michael Porter. He's a guy who can do basically everything on the floor, and he's going to get better. Looked really good in the summer league. Has looked good in the preseason as well. Coming out of a program like Kentucky where most players are ready for the NBA, I think Kevin Knox is going to have a really nice season. You allow him to go through his growing pains. Neil Kina, find a position for him. Hopefully it's the main point guard position, the primary ball handler. If he has gotten a little bit bigger, he'll be able to absorb the rigors of the NBA season a little bit easier. He's a, obviously a great defender and a premier passer. He needs to add to his offensive game. The guys like you said, you know, Hardaway, Courtney Lee, Cantor, Cantor, They've got to get dealt. They've got to play well, mentor the young kids while they play, and then get shipped out, you know, midseason or or any time around the trade deadline, and get as many picks as you possibly can to use as capital during the draft or to you know to use in a trade. That's what I want to see if I'm the Knicks. Player development and Porzingis a hundred coming back at as close to a hundred percent as you can possibly be with an ACL injury. 
Last thing about the Knicks, I just want to splash a little bit of cold water on these Knicks fans about free agency. You know I've been clamoring for Kyrie, Kevin Durant. This is a big 2019 class coming up. These players are not idiots. They know that the owner sucks, and they don't go to New York just for the media anymore, just for the attention. You don't have to do that in 2018-19. They're not coming, okay? I'm just going to straight up say it right now. Kyrie Irving already committed to the Boston Celtics. He said, if you guys will have me back, I will be back. I will resign. And why the hell wouldn't he? Look at their future. I mean, maybe he'll even take a discount to play there. Probably not, but you never know. And then as for Kevin Durant, I think you have a better shot at him. But again, I really it would be an absolute long shot, 1 in 100, for him to come. I don't think he's coming with this type of ownership. Unless James Dolan ups and sells Madison Square Garden and the team, I don't think that's going to happen. I mean, I really don't think that's going to happen. So everybody needs to relax on that. All these Knicks fans need to focus more on Fisdale, player development, and getting better so that when the Celtics and the 76ers and the Milwaukee Bucks and the Toronto Raptors are all in their rebuilding times, LeBron James is out of the Eastern Conference, and when it's your time to shine and you have Chris Porzingis, Knox, and the rest of these guys, you'll be ready for that. I'm looking forward to three, four years down the line. Well, with player development and good coaching and stability in the front office, that can, you know, cure a lot of ill that has been around, you know, the aura of the Knicks. I think a lot can change in a year. I think the Fisdale, you know, you don't have to really deal with the owners that much anymore. You know, if you have a good bat, a guy like Kevin Durant, you know, he's going to take care of himself. He's good. If he wants to come to the Knicks and conquer that and, and he sees a really good situation gelling with the Knicks, with the coaching staff, with the young player development, I think that is appealing. Would I bet on it? Absolutely not. But I do think that there's more of a possibility now, and especially if they if they go the way Nick fans want them to this year, than it has been over the last five to ten years of a guy like that coming. The second team that I want to pick going forward up the ladder, the fourth pick is I'm going to go with the Sean Rowe Brooklyn Nets. I love the Brooklyn Nets and everything they have done. We've discussed it at certain points this summer too. I, I, I think that they're really you. well run. Sean Marks is awesome. He's a great GM. He has a vision for a team. This team has been rebuilding without any draft picks of their own and have taken chances on guys that have turned out to be very nice players. They're not going to get a lot of notoriety from the big market guys. You know, like you know Bill Simmons, guys like that who do their pods and know the NBA in and out. You know, they're looking at the talent pools like, yeah, okay, Alan Crabb, he starts on a team. Who the fuck is Alan Crabb? But we're I'll doing tell you one thing NBA about preview, Alan Crabb. So we have to talk about I'll tell him. you about Alan Crabb. He fits the Nets perfectly. He's a stretch guy who can shoot the three, and he's a really nice defensive player. And you know what? The Nets have a lot of those guys. Guys who have been signed to big deals elsewhere and have and the Nets have bought low on. They also have drafted very well for being in the positions that they have. Jared Aaron and Levert are very yeah, good. Yeah, Levert is just continuing to Hollis get better. Jefferson Hollis well. Jefferson has developed an offensive game to go along with his great defense. And Jared Allen just became a monster, with known for his huge dunks last year. Well, he's been working on his three-point game because that's what Kenny Atkinson likes to do. He likes his big guy shooting threes. Brooke Lopez added that to his game under Kenny Atkinson. 
I really think D'Angelo Russell is going to have a big-time year. He's up for the max deal. He's a free agent at the end of the year. The Nets haven't invested in him yet because even though he did play great last year, it was very sparingly. He missed a big chunk of the season with the knee. I really like Spencer Dinwiddie, another guy who no one really had ever heard of. He contract lost year as well. Contract year as well. I think he could get a big time deal. He's a six seven point guard who can shoot the three and handle and handle. I mean him and him and Lever and Russell on the court together is a big time thing. I also really like the re-signing of Joe Harris. I mentioned that during the free agency time. Not a guy who's going to get a lot of popularity around the league, but he fits that team really well. He shoots the three. He cuts and drives in the lane. Passes well. Damari Carroll, good veteran leadership. The Raptors tried to dump him last year. They dumped him on the nets. He ended up adding a nice leadership role in addition to playing well. And then also you got Kenneth Fareed, who I don't know what he's going to be. I know he's going to rebound and he's going to be tough. The other free agent, Ed Davis, Portland really, really did not like the fact that they didn't re-sign him. You saw guys like McCollum and Lillard, and, and Lillard very upset over that. Another Portland guy, former UConn standout, Shabazz Napier, coming off his best year in the pros. Another point guard option for this Nets team off the bench. They are deep with a lot of nice players. With the, the biggest thing for them is... They've got the stability of a really good GM and Sean Marks, who's been building that team up. Kenny Atkinson, one of the most respected uh, coaches in the league for player development. And everybody has gotten better under him, whether it's a veteran trying to restabilize their career or a young player trying to you know, take that next step in their career. That's a big thing for them. They just moved their practice facility to like basically right outside the Barclays Center, state of the art. I look at them a lot like I look at the Knicks. Just get better. And they're going to have their draft for pick for the first time. Yeah. And also, there have been a lot of rumors. Kawhi Leonard, Jimmy Butler. That was People are starting to look at them and say, that's a franchise that has talent. They're in a nice market. I know you say that doesn't matter, and I don't think it matters that much, but it certainly doesn't hurt you. You're not the team in New York, but you're a team in New York. And... I think that because people like Jimmy Butler and Kyrie Irving and Kawhi Leonard have all, you know, out of their own accord speculated and said, yeah, I might want to go to the Nets, that's going to open up the portal for guys around the league in this wonderful 2019 free agent class to say that's a destination I might want to play in. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Just want to say thanks for naming the Nets' entire roster. You're I don't welcome. Think, I don't think everybody knew that, and you spent about 10 minutes on that. I think that's more than anyone else in this entire world has spent on the Brooklyn Nets, but you were right with every single one of your with one of your takes there. Russell is going to have a big year as long as he can stay healthy playing for that contract, as well as Dinwiddie, and we'll see who they commit to because I don't think they're going to go with the both of them in the end. It'll be one of them because then they want the other super max. And I think it's huge that they have guys like Kawhi, who's definitely keeping an eye on them. And even Jimmy Butler, keep an eye out. They may be a dark horse to even trade for Jimmy Butler. If they see that the market for Jimmy Butler is starting to crumble and fall apart, they may sneak in at the 12th hour or the 11th hour, I guess, (laughs) and throw a deal in there. That's better than whatever else the Timberwolves have. The owner on the Timberwolves said he wanted Jimmy Butler traded by media day. That was like two weeks ago. Tom Thibodeau refuses to trade him. He's asking for guys like Ben Simmons. He's clearly asking for too much from the Miami Heat. He wants Caris LeVert and Jared Allen. But that's too much. But when when Tom Thibodeau starts to get a little heat on his ass, Jimmy Butler will be traded before the trade deadline. I think he goes into the season 
probably in a Timberwolves uniform at this point. But he will be traded before the end of the before the trade deadline, and the Nets are a dark horse team to go out and steal him because other teams aren't willing to give up the players that that the Nets might be willing to give up and the pieces because the Nets probably think that they can re-sign him and they're building something pretty good out there in Brooklyn with this staff and with this with this young core. So moving on to my next team, I have in the third place in the Atlantic Division, the Philadelphia 76ers. I am taking them third. They had a great run last year, but I just don't think that this team has the same depth as the Toronto Raptors and obviously the Boston Celtics. Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid have yet to prove that they can stay healthy for an entire 82-game season, and I think that continues this year. Ben Simmons still doesn't have a jump shot, although he's a top 12 player in the NBA. So I just don't think this team has the depth, although they have Sarage. I think if they get anything from Fultz, that's a plus. Um, who else do they have? They have Wilson Chandler, who they just traded for. Obviously, they have J.J. Redick and a few other guys, Robert Covington, but their rookie that they just traded for to get from um, from the Phoenix Suns and a few other guys, he's hurt. They have a few other guys hurt at the beginning of the season. I just think the Raptors are better. Not to say that Philly isn't going to have a great year. They're definitely going to be in the playoffs. They have a new GM in Elton Brand. Uh, Peak Skills own Elton Brand, <laughs> um, but uh, I don't think they're going to be nearly as good as the Toronto Raptors, and they're not going to be as good as the Boston Celtics. But they will be a top five seed in the Eastern Conference. Don't don't forget about that. This is where I'm going to deviate. I'm putting the Toronto Raptors at three, and here's my reasoning for it. Kawhi Leonard, you want to talk about proving yourself? Kawhi Leonard hasn't played basically in two years. Well, that's why I'm putting them second. I think Kawhi Leonard's going to have an MVP type year. See, I think. Kawhi Leonard is a guy who I I am he's as big of a wild card to me as you can possibly get. He needs to have a big year, right? And that's why it's easy to say, yeah, he he's going to play at an NBA or an, an MVP. I'm sorry, kind of level, and that's fair to say. I but I'm not putting all my chips on a guy who hasn't played in two years. The other thing too is Kyle Lowry is starting to show some age. I don't know how valuable he's going to be. He's definitely not playing the minutes that he used to. All right. And I don't know if he can take a full 82 game set. Remember they've gone deep into the playoffs basically every year for the last few years. Yep. Another thing about them too is I think it's more due to the, my belief in the Sixers in that I think they do have the depth because I think Markel Fultz is going to come back and have a good year. I don't think he's ever going to justify being the number one overall pick. Traded but for I Jason do, Tatum. Right. But I do believe that he's going to give them something which was better than last year because he gave them nothing. Yeah. Apparently, he's refound his shot. I think he's going to have a meaningful presence on this team. I really do like some of the other guys that they have. Robert Covington is a nice player. Dario Saric is a really good player. I think that they got the taste last year of being, you know, one of the top teams in the league sneaking up out of nowhere and that process came about a bit more quickly. The injury concerns certainly scare me. How could they not? Joel Embiid has had some significant injuries as has Ben Simmons, but I think they are going to be healthy enough to win. My questions for the Raptors in addition to more of my hype for the 76ers, that's where I disagree with you. Uh, between the two and the three spots. So give me Toronto at three and Philadelphia at two. Just a few other notes on the Raptors because I do have them ranked second in the Atlantic Division. So basically you traded a top 
probably 17 to 15 player in DeMar DeRozan for, in my opinion, playing in a contract, you're a top five player at his ceiling, a top three player in the NBA. Kyle Lowry, yes, he is a little bit older and he's probably not going to have the same production, but that's good because a guy like Fred Van Vliet, who is one of the best backup point guards in the league, who I think can be a starter on most teams, aside from probably the Boston Celtics, who have like three top 15 point guards in the league on their team. We'll get to them in about a second. He's going to play a lot more. I think Danny Green, another part of that trade that hasn't gotten mentioned, great three-point shooter, really good perimeter defender. And then the guy who I think is their X factor outside of Valanciunas, who I think has a big year, is OG Ananobi. The guy can shoot, and he is one of the best defenders in the league as well. He was an absolute steal out of Indiana from their GM. Final thing I'm going to say about them is this is another dark horse team at the final hour where they did for Kawhi can go up and scoop a guy like Jimmy Butler, and I have been pounding the table for them to do that because that catapults them to be probably neck and neck with the Boston Celtics. Listen, if they get Jimmy Butler, then they will surpass the, the Sixers in my opinion. You know how I feel about the Raptors, and I know they brought in a new coach, and I know they traded DeRozan, who never came up big in the in the big moments. You want to talk about a guy that has is Kawhi Leonard. I just need to see something more from Kawhi. Hasn't played in two years. Something, and if, period. And if he was as hurt as he indicated that he was, then along with the mystery of why he wanted completely out of San Antonio, you got to wonder, can he bounce back and play a lot? Because if he has an injury or he just is really raw and, and, and rusty – then that's a that's a problem for them. I just think the Sixers are too good. If they are fully healthy, I can never, you know, it's hard to make these predictions with guys who have injury histories because of course if they're if they are healthy, then that changes the entire scope and you can't predict injuries unless they happen. You can only speculate because that seems to be a trend. So I just really love that duo of Simmons and Embiid. I like the supporting cast around them a lot. I do think that they're building up, and I think Markel Fultz does have a really nice year for them. Like I said, never will be justifiable of that number one overall pick, but I think he's going to be a really good player after a lost first season. I agree with you. I think he's going to give them a lot more than he gave them last year, and I think he's going to be either a nice trade ship or, or definitely a nice player, maybe a six-man this year. Comes in as a starter next year if J.J. Redick moves I on. I also think, too, is they have a way of finding guys during the trade deadline. I mean, they brought in a guy like Bellinelli last year. I think they could do that again and find some supporting role players. By the time yeah. the season ends... We'll have to see what Elton Brand does. I think that they could do something. I think Elton Brand, I trust him. He's a really respected basketball guy. And I think he's going to be a, good, a, a really nice presence in that GM spot. All right, so moving on to our consensus number one team in the Atlantic Conference. Probably got them both at number one in the Eastern Conference seed as well. Boston Celtics, they're going to win 60-plus games with my beautiful father, Brad Stevens, head coaching this team. Kyrie Irving's back in 100%, and he is committed to this team Most people don't call their fathers beautiful. Well, this guy is beautiful. (laughs) What can I say? Hayward is back. He's supposedly 100%. Tatum and Brown last year. Brown's probably going to be coming off the bench. They're playoff tested, battle tested, as you would say. These guys well, play you gotta huge. Do that every time. I don't just say that. That's not a Sean Rowe coin term. It you basically is at this place. point. <laughs> so. I think that they got a lot of playoff experience, and they have by far the deepest roster You come roster up with a NBA. better term and use that. All right, I'll figure something out. I think my sperm bank was pretty good. <laughs> um, but even though it didn't work this past week, but we'll get to that Wednesday. By far the deepest team in the league. Scary Terry, Marcus Smart, who they just re-signed. Markeith Morris, they just got the rookie Williams the third, the guy from Texas A&M. 
he is going to be an absolute animal, and Brad Stevens is going to be using him perfectly this year. Obviously, Horford is going to anchor this team defensively and offensively, a guy who can play in the post but also knock down the three. Honestly, I'm going to go out on a limb here. I think this team has five all-stars this year. I, mean, I think this team has five all-star players. Not just at a level of an all-star, but they are. But five players are going to make the all-star team. This team is ridiculous. This team is... Not to mention they have the best coach so in the league. So good. Yeah, I mean, they have the best coach. As it was voted on by the players, too. You know, usurping Pop down there in San Antonio. I love the Celtics. Everything about them. How could you not? They play a beautiful brand of basketball. They've drafted Danny Ainge as a wizard as a GM. Kyrie Irving now saying that, you know, if they would have him, which I think they will happily. I don't um, know. I really don't know. They may look to build for the future. They got a couple other guys they got to re-up. Yeah, I, I still think, though, with the, the way that the NBA is flush with money, I think they'll find a way to do it. Marcus Smart was a huge re-sign for them, in my opinion. He brings that tenacity off the bench. He's a great defensive presence. And he can hit a big shot here and there. I know his statistics are not good, but I have seen him hit many a big shot. Rozier off the bench. I mean, he was starting last year in the playoffs, really got his feet underneath him and realized what it was he like to play in big to games. Conference finals. And what he had one performance after another that seemed to just be better than the last one. I love everything about him as a player, and he's embraced that city as they have embraced him. I love the fact that Hayward's back. That is a top 10 to 15 player in the league when healthy. He didn't get any chance to do that last year. He's back. I don't question at all how they're going to play with him. He is such an easy guy to fit into an offense. He can do everything on the basketball court. Celtics fans are going to love him. Having a guy like Markeith Morris and Al Horford. Of course, you have Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, who are scarily just going to get better and better, Yeah, which is just hard to believe. I saw you stutter there. You sound nervous about this I I mean, no, just thinking. It's like, oh, my God. Like, Think of all the names I mentioned before I got to them. I mean, Jason Tatum's the best young player in the league. Jalen Brown is right there. He, they're both of them, explosive, dynamic, do everything. They seem to also have the mentality and the mindset that fit that city in playoff basketball like a glove. No surprise that Danny Ainge and, and Brad Stevens were the ones to look at them and take them. This team has the most most depth of any your team. Stutter. Yeah, bleh. this team has the most depth of any team. I've seen in probably ever. You got you have to well, I mean then you you've had the Warriors of certain years too. But, but the Warriors are incredibly top heavy, not that they don't have four Hall of Famers, possibly five this year. We'll get to that later with our Western Conference preview, but I mean, you just mentioned the Warriors don't have Terry Rozier, Marcus Smart, guys like that coming off their bench. Well, I think the biggest thing too is that there have been significant injuries to guys like a Gordon Hayward and a Kyrie Irving. Well, I mean, look at the last where these two guys years, have been. Bro. Look at the last two right. years. I mean, they turned Isaiah, Isaiah Thomas, Thomas into what people believed was a top player in the league, and look what's happened to him. I know they've been injury related, but since he's been out there now, so. When he left Boston, his career just changed. It seems like when Boston is one of those organizations where when you get there, you're great. I mean, even they had Aaron Baines. You, you think know, that has anything to do with Brad Stevens? Of course it does. <laughs> but I also think that they're one of those elite. You know, they're one of those elite teams and franchises that, you know, wearing that Boston green on that parquet floor. There's just something about that that even though it's not the old Boston Garden, there's a mystique and aura about it. Just kind of like putting on the Yankee pinstripes is the same kind of thing, right? So 
it, it's a big deal to play there. The the fans are passionate. They love their Celtics, and they're going to have a lot of reasons to cheer. I agree with you. They're a sixty plus win team for me. I think they win the they definitely win the Atlantic, and they, I think they win the conference. Go, regular season wise, going away. Yeah, absolutely. This team is the best team in a weak, weak, weak Eastern Conference. Moving on to the Central Division, I'm going to go with the fifth team here. I have the Cleveland Cavaliers. I mean, this team's playing with house money. They got their championship. They can complain that they lost LeBron, but this team has made terrible deal after terrible deal. They basically traded Kyrie Irving for Colin Sexton at this point. That's not a good trade if you ask me. Colin Sexton is a young bull, basically, is what they call him. This guy is tenacious. He's going to go at anybody. He doesn't care, but he's not Kyrie Irving. I What I want to see from the Cavs this year is just development of him and Jordan Clarkston. Larry Nance, a few other guys. I think Kevin Love shoots for an all-star team this year. I think he goes back to maybe the Minnesota version of Kevin Love. If Tyron Lue is still coaching that team by the end of the season, I will absolutely be shocked. But to sum up the Cleveland Cavaliers in one sentence, if J.R. Smith is your second best player and you're relying on him, you're in a hell of a lot of trouble. Yeah, and uh, right there is why I'm going to agree with you. I like Colin Sexton. I actually believe he's going to be a pretty good player and, oh, and, and establish too. himself. He's not Kyrie Irving. No, God, no. I'm not, and, and I think it would be absolutely ludicrous for anybody to say he could even be Kyrie Irving. You're saying you're projecting to be one of the best player, him to be one of the best players in the NBA. Yeah, they got a lot of problems, and that team is stale. I don't trust Larry Nance. Now they made horrible deal after horrible deal, and we know exactly why. LeBron James was forcing them to because he didn't like playing with young players. And as a result, you had to appease LeBron James. It's obviously the only way you can do it. And this year feels different. You know, and I think they knew he was leaving, but they weren't going to be devastated. He brought them a championship in the city's first championship since the 50s. That's fine with them. They will continue to ride that out all the way. I agree that Kevin Love's going to be better because he'll be able to actually play his game. I don't think they're going to get nearly as much out of like a Larry Nance Jr. or any of those kind of guys. I just don't think they're very good players. And Colin Sexton, if you can get a really nice year out of him and he can at least show that he's going to be another nice young point guard in the league, good for them. Um, so I, I, I'm going to say that the Cavaliers are probably like a 25 to 31 win team. Next, I'm going to the Chicago Bulls. They're my fourth team. I don't love a lot about the Chicago Bulls, to I be brutally with honest with you. I mean, they, they, were a, they were a lottery team this year. I do like Laurie Mar- uh, Markkinen, though. I think he's a really nice player, and he's a guy to be excited about. Zach Levine as well. I-, I think that they have some guys that are worth noting and-, and watching and paying attention to, but that's just not a good team, and there's several picks players and years away from going back to what they were under Tom Thibodeau for that you know four or five-year span. I definitely agree with you, but I think they do have a, a solid core. They made a pretty big signing in a guy that you liked on the Brooklyn Nets this year in Jabari Parker, so I, I think that, that he can yes. fill it up. He can still score. Well, I liked him compared to some of the other options, but I'm actually glad that they don't have him. I mean, he... I just don't know what to expect from him. He's a guy who has been hurt a lot. I don't know if he's gonna if his numbers are gonna climb there or if he's just gonna kind of be one of those kind one of those guys that's making a boatload of money and you wonder how. Yeah, no, he he could be one of those guys as well, especially coming off two ACL injuries, not just one. 
I mean, you mentioned that they had a lottery pick, but you didn't mention his name. I'm I'm a huge fan of of Wendell Carter, and I think that he is going to be in the running for Rookie of the Year this year, as Markkinen was last year. They're going to have a really good inside-out game. Markkinen's kind of that Chris Ops, Porzingis kind of player, more outside than inside. He can handle the ball a little bit. Wendell Carter is a little more of a traditional big. He can play inside a little bit more, but don't sleep on his lateral defense. Don't sleep on his rebounding ability. And I think they have a young core. I'm not telling you that they're going to be competing for an eight seed or anything like that. I think that they're going to be a, do a really good job rebuilding this year. Don't forget about Zach Levine, as you mentioned. Don't forget about Chris Dunn, a young athletic point guard out no, of Providence. No, I think they have. I think they have pieces, and that's why I said they have some players that you that are worth you know being mindful of and paying attention to. But I think as a team, they have a lot of growing to do. Oh, if absolutely. it wasn't for what the current Cavalier situation was, I think they'd be the worst team. Oh, but absolutely. They, you can tell they're building towards something. They're a lot like you know they they've got people that you know I look at like kind of like from the Nets perspective, right? They, they are basically a mirror they, image of they, the Brooklyn they, Nets. They have a lot of guys that are not going to get a huge amount of notoriety around the league, but if you are a Chicago Bull fan, there's a reason to watch their games this year. Yeah, no no doubt about it. Another guy on the team, Raleigh Atkins out of Arizona. I, I really like him. I think he's definitely going to make the team and make an impact immediately this year, a strong athletic guard that can guard up. Moving on to my number three, I have the Detroit Pistons. Got a feeling we're in agreement here? Yes. Blake and Drummond, I don't know what it's going to be. Maybe they sneak in as a 7-8 seed. I think Stanley Johnson's a lot better this year as a 2-3 combo kind of guy. He can really defend. I think he improves his jump shot. I saw a lot of videos of him in the gym. Don't know what that means. Maybe he improved his jump shot. I don't know what that shot. means that you were watching all those videos. Oh, come on. I'm scrolling Instagram. Give me a break. <laughs> There's not much else to say on this team. They made a terrible draft pick last year, in my opinion, in Luke Kennard. Did you even know he he was on the team? Do you remember him from Duke? Oh, I remember him from Duke. I forgot he was on their team. They've done that a couple of times, though. They loved uh, Singler, too. Yeah, I, I mean, this team... I think if Blake and Drummond can do what they did for like a three-week stretch where they had a nice inside-out game... They'll be a fun team to watch, but I mean, I think Van Gundy gets fired. It's not even, not even very, you know, very long. Well, I I think that the biggest thing for for them is the fact that Blake Griffin is exactly what he has always been, which is a highlight reel player that doesn't do a whole lot else. I don't think he helps that team at all. I think the Clippers totally fleeced them with that deal last year. Jerry that West was, that committed was, another robbery. Yeah, another that robbery. Was, that, he doesn't fit there. I mean, he's too one-dimensional, as is, as is Andre Drummond. I mean, their they're force is down low, but that team leaves a lot to be desired on my end. I, I do think, though, just with that star power, that they are better than the really young Chicago Bulls and the basically walking corpse <laughs> of Cleveland the Cavaliers. Cleveland Cavaliers. Kevin Love and Friends. Kevin Love and Friends. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think that, you know, you're getting into semantics with these three teams. It could flip-flop either way. But I, I do think the, the Pistons, Pistons have enough. Fifth. Oh, boy, that high? Fifth fifth in the conference. Oh, in the, the worst in the division. In the yeah, whatever. In okay, the yeah, because in the conference, no, 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 I was no, like, no, you're no. out of your Don't be mind. No, no, no. <laughs> That's too bold for me. That's too hot take-ish. Those teams are just not going to be very good teams. If the Pistons, I'll sit here and tell you I was wrong if the Pistons are competing for a sixth seed, but I really don't think it's happening. But moving on to my number two, the Indiana Pacers, I have ranked at number two. 
I think Olin Depot continues to be one of the best players in basketball. He was on one of the All-NBA teams last year. I think he gets even better. Keep in mind, last year they had a down year from Evan Turner. I don't think he has that kind of year again. This guy is a center that can do it all. He's going to be one of the best centers in basketball. Huge signing in Tyreek Evans. Very under the radar, but Tyreek Evans was playing great for the Memphis Grizzlies last year. And if he can repeat that again this year... Great player. I think that he can do a lot of things. And they have a young core. They drafted the guy Holiday out of UCLA, Drew Holiday's little brother. They have Sabonis. They have a few other guys that I think can really make an impact. And I think this is just a fun team that plays a Midwest type of basketball where it's just a lot of fun to watch them play. And I think that they're going to be the, the number two seed in this division. Yep. I, I'm right there with you. And don't forget, that they pushed the Cleveland Cavaliers to seven games in the first round last year in a series that I thought a lot of people believed was going to be a clean sweep. They they play hard, they play well, and they have some nice players. Oladipo was a stud, no doubt about that. you got to love watching him play, and he'll win a lot of games for them by himself. I do like Sabonis, too. Tyreek Evans was a good signing. I've always liked Tyreek Evans as a player. I've never felt he's got the really the credit that he deserves. I don't former think, Rookie of the Year. Former Rookie of the Year. And But a guy that I think a lot of people just look at is, oh yeah, it's Tyreek Evans. I think Tyreek Evans, especially on this team, is a big deal. I think this is a playoff team for sure. You know, squeaking by around the 6-7 seed in the Eastern Conference. So I'm totally in lockstep with you on them. Uh, they do play a fun brand of basketball. They always are physical and they always are tough and they're never easy to play. But that's going to segue us into the Milwaukee Bucks, who we both have as a consensus number one in this division and definitely a higher seed in the postseason rankings. They actually have a coach this year in Mike Budenholzer. I was just going to say, so they have Budenholzer, who I really think is a great coach. He had about as average of a team in those Atlanta teams as you could have, and he elevated them to one season, the 2014-15 season, as being the number one team in the entire Eastern Conference. And he never had a player, although he had a better core than this team, he never had a player of Giannis. Never talent. had a Even player close. of Giannis. There's nothing Giannis can't do, and he's just he really is the Greek freak. He's incredible. If they are going to be the number one seed and probably a top four seed in the, in the Eastern Conference, Giannis has to have a top three to top five MVP type season, which I I think he does. I do too. They have a good core. Chris Middleton's a very good player. Um, I think that Bledsoe better integrated with the team, although I don't think they're going to do You're well You're not in the a big playoffs. Bledsoe fan. No, I don't think he's a winning player, but I think he'll be fun to watch in the regular season. I like Snell, too. I really like Snell as a 3 and D guy and a guy to keep an eye on who came into the draft very young. Somehow was eligible. I don't know how. Still a little iffy to me is a guy, Thon Maker. I think that he's going to have a big year. He's a guy that's like seven foot two that can stretch it out. And it's going to be really fun to watch the pick he and roll. He hit some big shots in the postseason last they year. They have a lot of pick and roll guys this year. And a guy that you remember fondly is Brooke Lopez. I was just going to say, I thought that was such a good signing for him. Him and Giannis in the pick and roll, they are going to tear teams apart. I just think with Boonholzer, this team's going to be so much better coached. And if they had a better coach last year, they would have made a much longer run in the playoffs. Last thing I want to say about them is... This is another dark horse team. I guess every team at this point is a dark horse team to go and get Jimmy Butler. They could trade a guy like Chris Middleton, whose contract's up in a year from now, as opposed to at the end of this season. Trade him straight up, maybe at the end, you know, at the at right at the at the final hour for 11th. a guy like uh, yeah, at the eleventh, not the twelfth, for a guy like Jimmy Butler. And Jimmy Butler changes a team like this. Keep in mind, he grew up outside of the Chicago area. He went 
to um, Arquette. So he he might enjoy his which is where himself which there. is which is actually where they played. I mean, Marquette plays at the Bradley Center where where the where the Bucks reside. Yeah, so, I don't know how sentimental it gets with Jimmy Butler. The guy lives almost full time in L.A. I'm sure he'll end up there. I don't know what but. what to make of him. Uh, you're you're speculating a bunch of teams, which I love because at this point you really have to. But just as currently is constituted, this is a really good team. If they're healthy and they and they continue to evolve, I think that Bledsoe on that team does make a big deal for them. I, I don't know about winning player or not, and I definitely don't think they're enough to usurp Boston or even Philadelphia, but I do think that they're a really Toronto good team. Either. Yeah, Toronto too. So I, I do like them a lot, though. Lopez adds a nice dimension. I I am a sentimental Brooke Lopez guy. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm always going to say he's really good, whether, uh, you know, he never him out in L.A. made no sense. I think he fits this team really well. Remember, he can shoot the three as a seven-footer. Plays no defense other than blocking some shots. And averages like seven and a half rebounds. Yeah, he's not a rebounding guy, but he he stretches the floor as a seven-footer, and you have him with Giannis and Middleton as well. Bledsoe will work a lot of nice plays with him. So I think that's a really talented team offensively. They're going to score a boatload of points. Um, To finish up in the Southeast, I'm, I'm looking right now at five. I'm looking at the Atlanta Hawks. Thank you. That I wrote in my notes sucks. to them, Tank City. They have a core of Collins, Trey Young, the guy from Maryland. I don't even know how to pronounce his name. The redheaded guy, Huter, and Terion Prince. That team's not going to win you a lot of games. I'd be shocked if uh, Bazemore is on this team by the end of the season. They're a lock for a top three pick. I think they're going to get another lottery guy. Just so you guys know, they're trying to build a war baby warriors out there with Trey Young and Collins and Huter being your your Clay Thompson. That's that's not gonna happen. I'm sorry to you know splash some more cold water on everybody here, but the Hawks are gonna be terrible this year. They're gonna have a couple. Trey Trey Young's gonna drop 40 in a few games. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Collins is gonna have a lot of big time dunks, but besides that, there's you know. Trey Young doesn't do much for me. I no, was very skeptical really of him in the draft. Either. I think he is going to have those games where he where he has forty points. Because Atlanta he could, fans he enjoy the Braves. Hot. Enjoy the Braves run yeah. this year, and maybe Falcons, the Falcons maybe. Although they got blown out by Pittsburgh today, but moving on to number four for me, I have the Hornets. They lost Dwight Howard, which might be a good thing, but in my opinion, it's a bad thing. Kemba Walker, aside from his tenure at UConn, is not much of a winning player to me, in my opinion. It's not his fault. Okay, I know you're a big UConn fan, but we don't have to like go all out defending him here because I see where this is going. I'm not going all out, but what is he? What? Okay, honestly, he's got talent. Where, where is he supposed to win when he's with Charlotte and you're going up against the Celtics and the and the Cavaliers? He's made the playoffs once, dude. It's so easy to make the playoffs in the Eastern Conference. He's got Nicholas Batum. He had Dwight Howard last year. They had a lottery pick with Malik Monk. I mean, this guy should be making the playoffs. Well, Mike think, Monk should have been a lot better, and they've missed on a lot of their draft picks. That I agree with you, but I still think a guy who's supposed to be one of the top point guards in the league he's should be not, leading his team though. in the playoffs. He's not. He made an all-star team last year. But why year. do people think that he's one of the top point guards in the league? Because he's a name, and I, I think he should be a lot better. And going off of that, I think he gets traded this year. Oh, he definitely does, and he's going to be the guy who, if people lose out on Kyrie... Or or Butler or Kawhi is going to be very Durant happy. Too, yeah, yeah, Durant. I think they're going to be very happy to have Kemba Walker. Listen, I don't have to be sentimental with him. I I think that he's a really nice player. I think that he's a I think guy he's overrated. who drags. 
a bad team to wins during the regular season, but that team around him is never really that good. They had that one year, I think it was 2015-16, where they pushed the Heat to seven in the first round series, and they were competitive at least. But listen, that team, they just don't draft well, and they don't have anybody else around them. I mean, they had Dwight Howard last year. Like, a lot of a mess on that team. And Questionable and ownership, I hate to say it. Oh, my God. They're very questionable. Come on, MJ. I mean, they weren't <laughs> good when they were the Bobcats yeah, either. Right. So I, I don't I don't know what to say. I think Kemba is – I'm realistic with Kemba, which is why I'm fine with him. I think he is that second-tier point guard. So people who believe he's one of the top point guards in the league, I, no, no yeah, way. Yeah, the consensus on him is that he is, but I'm in agreement with you on that. I think Malik, Malik Monk has a big-time year, too, especially after Kemba Walker gets traded. He can be that primary Probably better because he was not good to year one. And then finally, I think Miles Bridges, who is probably the most NBA-ready player in that draft, has a big-time rookie year, and he's up there in the rookie of the year voting. On to my number three team, the Miami Heat. I have the Miami Heat ranked third in this division. D-Wade is going to have a couple of those games like we said he would in the playoffs where he has a vintage Dwayne Wade game where he single-handedly won the Heat that playoff game against the Sixers. Hassan Whiteside is a nothing at this point. I think Drogic probably gets traded. Uh, Waiters is a heat check guy, but aside from that, I, I really don't understand. Bam Iambo. Doesn't have an offensive game at all whatsoever. He might have a better year. This will completely change if Jimmy Butler goes to this team. I will rank them number one if Jimmy Butler goes to this team. But they are number three for me because I just don't think they have the pieces. But I think that they're better than the other two teams just based off their roster and their head coach. Spolster's the best coach in this division. And that's why they're they're not my, my third. They're my second. The Orlando Magic are my third. And it's hard for me to put the Orlando Magic even that high. I know you're a fan of some of the moves that they've made. I am. I'm, I do not like the Orlando Magic, and they need to prove a lot more to me than anything that they have done over the last few years. The Orlando Magic have some names that are exciting, and they are building something. Having Mo Bamba, that he's going to be good down there. And they have uh, the guy out of Florida State, Jonathan Isaacs, too. I mean, I think that they have talent, which is why I put them ahead of the other two teams that I mentioned, the... The freaking um, uh, Hawks and the and the and the and the, and the uh, we're not going to be talking about that so, a hell of a lot, so right, you don't have but, to remember those. Right, things. but I mean, they're uh, the Heat for me, and why I put them too. Pat Riley and, Eric and Riley, yes. and even if they don't land Jimmy Butler, they're going to do enough to to maybe sneak into the playoffs. They're not going to die and lo- and like lay down and, and, and play uninspired. And Dwayne Wade's final season, like you said, he might have a couple of those vintage games. I don't know what to make of Whiteside. I think he's obviously he hasn't justified anything, and, and he's really disappeared. But I definitely think that they're better than the Magic. The Magic have a lot to prove to me. I know what the Heat are. They'll fight. They'll claw. They'll win some games. They're a professional team with a really good coach and a really good GM. Uh, so they're number two for me. At number two, I have the Orlando Magic. I think by far and beyond, Aaron Gordon is the best player in this division. I think that Aaron Gordon makes an all-star team this year, and he takes a huge leap. I think with their new head coach, Steve Clifford, he's a much better head coach than anything they've had well, recently. Well, he was a good coach with the Hornets. He was the coach that brought that Kemba team to the playoffs. I think that he really exploits all of the talent that Aaron Gordon has. 
these guys that barely play and Jonathan Isaac was hurt for a majority of the season last year. You seen it you saw it with Blake Griffin, you saw it a lot more recently with Ben Simmons. These guys that get to be on an NBA team but not play and kind of just learn basically a redshirt year, they always end up having breakout second years. And I think Jonathan Isaac Keep an eye on him. I know he's down in Orlando, and nobody knows about him because he's in Orlando. I think you're going to be looking at this guy when he plays the Brooklyn Nets or whoever else you're watching. You're like, who the fuck is that guy guarding everybody from the point guard to the center and also banging threes and being able to handle the ball? That's Jonathan Isaac out there, and I think Mo Bamba has a fun year. I don't think he's going to be in the Rookie of the Year conversation because there's too many talented players on this team. But I think he has a really good year. I think he is close to the league He's leading exciting blocks. of a player. And he can shoot it. And this team has a decent supporting cast. Terrence Ross, Simmons from the from the Spurs years, Fournier, and then Vojcevic, who has always been a scorer, rebounder, literally a walking double-double. And if they do fall out of contention, I think he probably gets traded as well. But I think this team can be in playoff contention with basically the most important thing a massive leap forward for a guy like Aaron Gordon, who was playing in the first three weeks of the season to month at an MVP-type level. He fell off. I don't think he falls off this year. No, I loved Aaron Gordon, and, and the reason I didn't even mention him and the players is because I think he's you know, he's an established great young player down there. Well, they had him playing power forward and center Listen, his he was first a guy, couple years, remember, and he's a stretch three. He's a guy that I told you I wanted the, there was rumors that the Nets were going to target him and, and and I would have loved to see him come to Brooklyn. I mean, he's a really good, exciting player. Athletics, I mean, what he does athletically is ridiculous. I love watching him play. I think Mo Bamba is going to also be a lot of fun watching play. I just don't think they're ready to take that next step yet. I don't think they're going to usurp the heat. Either way, our number one team is the Washington Wizards. You I have really, Bradley Beal and John Wall on the same team. That's a really good can team. Can they coexist is the biggest question. I don't know, but they're better than all of the other teams in that division, and I don't think it's close. So, to me, is, you know, they've been in the playoffs basically every single year. They always advance around. You know, they, they have they have so many reasons to be an exciting team in the, in the Eastern Conference, which is so top-heavy now, even yeah. more so than ever. I, I like watching them play. I think that they are going to coexist enough to at least take number one in this division and find their way into, like, the five or the four seed in the Eastern Conference. The thing that you mentioned there was coexist, and a thing the guy that coexists and and his name do not go well together is Dwight Howard. <laughs> well, but if this can work, and I wrote Dwight exclamation point in my notes, if this works, that pick and roll is going to be lethal with him and Beal and him and John Wall. And don't forget listen, about Otto Porter, Kelly Oubre, a couple other guys so, on this so team. So that's the other thing. I like They're the Kelly, most talented team I like by Kelly far. Oubre a lot, and I also am a big fan of Otto Porter. I know you wanted the Nets to go out and sign I him. Did, well, they offered him the deal. They just, you know, the Wizards matched it, and I think that they're going to be handicapped by the amount of money they had to give him. But don't, but you know, don't get me wrong. He's a very good player. The thing with Dwight on that team is he does not have to be much of a star, but he is an inside presence. Remember, they've had Gortat the last few years. Their inside game has been okay, but he's going to rebound a lot, and he's going to play good defense. Dwight he Howard need at this to point is a much better and a much more athletic and agile Marcin Gortat. Let's just hope that off the court he can maybe keep it together. I was gonna say he can maybe mature, but the guy's in his thirties. Oh, I'm and not I'm done saying yet. mature. I mean, but if, if you just put him on the roll, like if he does for the Wizards what he did for the Hornets, that's fine. When you have a backcourt of Beal and Wall, 
and then you have a stretch guy of, a, of an Otto Porter, and you have a Kelly Oubre. That's a good team, man. They're very capable of scoring. I, I like everything about them from this standpoint, and I don't think this division, this division's really bad. I mean, this is just up there with the with the Atlantic as far as, as far as, you know, having to deal with awful teams. So sign me up for the Washington Wizards being first in the in the southeast and and right up there in the four or five range of the Eastern Conference seating wise by the end of the season. So that wraps up our divisions of the Eastern Conference. So why don't we just recap them just to wrap it all up? So in the Atlantic Division, I have number five Knicks, number four Brooklyn Nets, number three Philly, number two Toronto, number one obviously the Boston Celtics. Yep, I did the same thing. Just flip flop the Raptors and the and the Sixers. In the Central Division, I have at number five the Cleveland Cavaliers, four Chicago, three Pistons, two Indiana, and number one Milwaukee. Same right there with you, sir. Absolutely. So in the final division, in the Southeast Division, I have five by far Atlanta Hawks, New Orleans Hornets, three Miami. To Orlando and number one, the Wash, the Dwight Howard led Washington Wizards. <laughs> Easy with that. So let's talk. I'm a just flip flopping the the Orlando Magic and the Heat. Yes. So let's talk a little bit about the playoff picture. So I will rank my teams eight to one, and then you will go ahead and do it, and then we'll talk about it. That's pretty much how podcasts work. So no. thanks for filling me in. <laughs> so I have it. Is number this what eight. we're doing? I have a number eight, the Miami Heat. Number seven. The Orlando Magic. That's Jeez. my bold pick. Number six, Washington Wizards. Would you say Wizards. that's your sperm bang pick of the <laughs> no, 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 no. Don't go crazy. Number six, Wizards. Show conviction, man. Come on, do it. <laughs> number six, Wizards. Number five, Indiana. Number four, Milwaukee. Three, Philly. Two, Toronto. And obviously, my number one is the Boston Celtics. Flip-flop seven and eight if the Heat can somehow get Jimmy Butler. Number eight is the Brooklyn Nets. I snuck them in there. I think if they're you healthy, <laughs> I, <laughs> fuck you. Listen, I think that they, they lost so many games last year simply just because they didn't have the talent. I think that they are going to be able to take a step forward. And by that, I mean, maybe win five or six extra games, which next you into the eighth, you know, right. worst case scenario. I mean, if they're not eight, they're probably ninth or 10th. So I'm going to roll with my boys. I want to see them at least take that next step and get destroyed by the Celtics. But, Put them in at eight for me because the rest of this, the bottom of this division, of this conference get, sucks. If they can get an eight seed or even just compete for it, it's going to be really Here's exciting the deal going too. to free agency. D'Angelo Russell didn't play last year. If he has a full season with Dinwiddie, that's a, that is a nine to ten seed, and but pro, and they might sneak into the eight. I don't know, but I'm I'm hoping. So that's why I'm putting them there. Number seven for me is I'm going with the Indiana Pacers. Whoa. Yeah. They. they that's I mean, low. Yeah, it is. Um, but I, I think there's other teams in this conference that, that are better than them going to six. I'm going with the Washington wizards. That's also low. You might say, cause I said they could be fourth or fifth, but I think that's with max potential. Dwight Howard has always been hurt. He might be hurt again. Coexisting Jonathan wall or John wall rather also John- Jonathan wall. I was thinking like Jonathan. <laughs> wow, Isaac for he's some grown reason. up. Jonathan, yeah, huh? He really wanted to put the, as he does a prep conference telling everybody to go fuck themselves that I go out and get shit face every night. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> that was great. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think that the wizards, they do have some question marks. So that's why I'm putting them at six. He gets hurt a lot. I, I, I want to see how that all how that all blends, but they're a playoff team for sure. Number five, I'm going with the Miami Heat. The winner for me of 
the Jimmy Butler sweepstakes. Okay. I do believe that they're going to land him, and that's why I am putting them at five. Because Taking I, advice from GM Tom, I like it. Yeah, he's well, a good guy. I, <laughs> well, I would not say he's a good guy. He's a good GM. Um, but I do like the fact that they're they're a really good, well-coached team. I think Dwayne Wade is going to have, knowing he can empty the tank in his final season, he's going to do everything he can, and just on gut and Kyle, he'll win games for them. If they can get anything out of Hassan Whiteside, that's good. If Dragic doesn't get traded, which I don't think he will, I think he stays there and puts up some points. They are the five seed for me, kind of in that mid-range of the Eastern Conference. For me, it's number four at Milwaukee Bucks. They do take that next step forward. They finally have a head coach. We detailed their whole story. I think it's enough to get them into the the first quarter, or the first half, rather, of the Eastern Conference. Number three for me is the Toronto Raptors and Kawhi Leonard. They are right there. Listen, they're in, they're in the postseason and go deep every single year. I've used the word gutless for them, but now the Dwayne Casey era is over. DeMar DeRozan, who never showed up in the postseason, is that's gone. They're going to win games, especially if Kawhi Leonard does what he does and he shows he's healthy and shows he's you know one of the best, if not the best, two-way players in the entire NBA. Number two, it's Philly, man. Trust the process. They're all the way up to the second. They got a taste of it last year. You know, prevailed in that first round over Miami. The good thing about that series for me is it was not a cakewalk. You know, they there was some physicality, there were some brawls, there was some fight. So they got their postseason legs underneath them, and I think they have the talent. Markel Fultz is going to help them this year. You got another year of Simmons and Embiid, and then of course number one, how can you go against the deepest team in the NBA? Certainly in the Eastern Conference, it's the Boston Celtics. At number one, 60-plus win team for me. It looks weird without seeing the Cavaliers in there or the Heat. You know, LeBron James now being out of the Eastern Conference really throws a monkey wrench into this and opens up a conference that hasn't been open in a long time. Not to mention the Celtics have gotten significantly better. And they've better. gotten so much better. I mean, that is so, they're going to be so much fun to watch, and, and how could you how could you doubt anything that they've done? So, yes, for me, 1 through 8, Celtics 1, Sixers 2, Raptors 3, Bucks 4, Heat 5, Wizards 6, Pacers 7, Nets 8. Just to recap for me, Boston 1, Toronto two Philly three Milwaukee four Indiana five Washington six Orlando seven Miami eight so we're basically together just you're gonna put Orlando in there I'll throw my netters in there yeah there you, you didn't go. have what it took to put the Knicks in did you oh hell no are you <laughs> kidding me I don't want them to be in the playoffs all right so moving on to the Eastern Conference Finals I have a matchup of Boston and Philly Philly health concerns me but I think has the Raptors I think that Kyle Lowry breaks down. Oh, man, you can't be saying the praises of the Raptors this much and then saying they're going down. I can say whatever the fuck I want, <laughs> and I did. I think that the so I think that Kyle Lowry definitely ends up fucking up as he usually does in the playoffs, and I don't think Kawhi and that supporting cast is enough to get past a battle-tested Philadelphia 76ers. Although their health concerns me, I think they figure out a way to get healthy for the playoffs. And on to the NBA Finals. If you could have guessed it, I picked the Boston Celtics. Keep in mind, they pushed the Cavaliers to seven games without a Kyrie Irving, without a Gordon Hayward. Guess what? Those guys are on the team this year, and they're healthy. And there's no LeBron James. And there is no LeBron James. I think this is a cakewalk for the Celtics to the Finals. That is my final picks. What say you on the Eastern Conference Finals? I say the same as you. The NBA is too easy to predict, Let me tell you about this, though. I don't think it's going to be a cakewalk for Boston, although they will win. I do think Philly could push them to six, and I think it's going to be a tough six-game set. But they close it out in the in the Boston Garden, 
and uh, or the TD Garden version two. Yep. And uh, they head to the NBA Finals for the first time since 2010. All right, man. So that pretty much wraps up the Eastern Conference. Coming up tomorrow, we will have the Western Conference awards and our crowned NBA champion. That was fun, man. We'll talk to you guys later. No doubt.